You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and of course of the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as the other great content. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I talked to former Washington tight end Vernon Davis about all the acting roles he's enjoyed since leaving football. It's quite a few, folks. The guy's been busy. We're talking acting in movies with Bruce Willis, Luke Wilson, John Malkovich. Davis is a man on his way to big things. Find out why. I also asked him about um, the transition for Samus Reyes and whether or not Davis missed football this past fall. And also, we talk a little bit about Jordan Reed. He also has joined the NFT market. That's non-fungible tokens, as I recently learned, because I had no clue what NFT meant. Anyway, he recently launched a digital collection series. Check it out via the marketplace, Rarible. That's R-A-R-I-B-L-E. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com, of course, and follow me on Instagram as well as on Twitter. Instagram, it's John Kime ESPN. Also, give the show a rating on Apple or wherever you can. It's always much appreciated. Before I share my conversation with Vernon, here are a couple of nuggets of information. It was interesting that Washington recently signed tight end Ricky Seals-Jones to provide some veteran insurance depth at a position where it was needed. Logan Thomas will do well. I don't view him as someone similar to a Jordan Reed, but he clearly showed that he can play and he can be a red zone threat and they needed more help around him. I like fourth round pick John Bates as someone who I think will contribute. They now, though, with Seals Jones, have more choices, which they needed. As for Reyes, people seem to want him to be a star right now. And he, trust me, folks, I had this conversation with him recently. He knows that people are expecting a lot out of him right away. And I, and I wouldn't say he gets a kick out of that, but I think he finds it somewhat amusing given the fact that he knows how far he has to go. And so does the team. It just it was never going to happen that he's going to come in and provide this instant impact. And again, the guy who knows that best is Reyes. He absolutely knew it would not happen overnight, but what he and others who know him say is that he will keep working until it does happen. Now, what that will look like when it does, I don't know, but I would definitely not bet against the guy. When you learn more and more about his background, it's easy to see why he's confident and why others are confident in him. In addition to the fact that the dude has an athletic body and he is a, he's, he's just a good athlete and he's got the size. And football is a sport that many have been telling him he should play since he was probably about a freshman or sophomore in high school. And the, you know, it just what what this means though is it might he might be a practice squatter for a little bit. That's okay with all he's gone through. Um, the one thing you know is he won't be intimidated by the work he must do or how he or 
by how he gets pushed by tight ends coach Pete Hayner. The team is well aware that he could take a little while to develop. That's why he wasn't viewed as someone who could help or provide that immediate impact. They just wanted, they just saw him as somebody definitely worth developing. That's where they're at with everything. In the meantime, they now have more options along with Dion Yelbert. It might not be a strength, but I do think it's in a better spot than it was a year ago. If that is, Bates shows that he can play. And like I said, I do like him, so I do think he'll be able to help in multiple ways. We get our next look at the workouts on Wednesday, so I'll have have a report after that session. It's hard to always get a great look at some guys. It's more to see how they're moving, et cetera. I'll be curious to see the roles that guys are working in. Troy Apke at corner. How is Jamin Davis moving in the middle? What's the tackle rotation with Charles Leno back in town? I certainly expect him to be the left tackle with Sam Cosme on the right side. Cornelius Lucas, the swing guy, certainly will be a little bit of a competition there on the right side. What? Do, how do they work the guard rotation? Sadiq Charles will factor here. And as you know, I've long said that he would where he would factor in is at guard. And I've been saying that because that's what I've been told um, repeatedly. And because they kept saying they wanted a left tackle in the draft. If you think Charles can be that guy eventually, well, you don't, or if they thought he could be that guy now, you don't draft a guy there. But what I will say with Charles, it's a good time of the year to experiment to see if that's an area he could develop into something down the road, perhaps after this year when Leno's contract is up. Because then if you think he can, then you have a, an inexpensive option to slide over there. If not, he can be a really good guard. Again, I think this year, that's where he factors. Um, I also want to pay more attention to corner Benjamin St. Juice. We probably won't get a great feel for him until training camp when we start to see the more competitive one-on-ones. Those don't tell all, but it gives you an idea of their competitiveness and his man of a, a player's competitiveness and his man coverage skills. I'm optimistic about William Jackson. I've said this before, but he touched on it after the first OTA session about how sometimes you just need a change of scenery. I heard that from people I know in respect in the league who also know him well, that how much he could be helped by this change and how he just needed to get out of Cincinnati. And it wasn't just because in the change, the, or the improvement for the scenery, it's not just because of the defensive front, but because he came to a team that truly wanted him. That secondary will be tested this year because of the quality quarterbacks they'll face, but they have definitely helped themselves by who they've acquired this offseason. Anyway, that's it for me. After this break, I'll be back with Vernon Davis. What did he think about acting in scenes with Bruce Willis? And does he think Samus Reyes can make this transition? Hey everyone, I want to tell you about a fun new offer from Monkey Knife Fight that can enhance any sports experience, whether you're at a game, on your couch, or in a bar. It's a daily fantasy sports league that is easy to play. You can sign up on monkeyknifefight.com using promo code JKR and play games such as More or Less. Will an NBA player score more or less than a listed point total? You can do the same in baseball. Will a pitcher have more or less strikeouts than a given amount, etc.? It's fun, and every Friday it's Home Run Derby, bet on three guys who have home runs that night. All three hit one, you share in the prize pool. Every week you can participate in their eagle-eyed jackpot based on the PGA Tour. Choose from any sport, from NASCAR to UFC and League of Legends. And of course, once football rolls back around, there will be even more fun prop bets. This is daily sports betting designed for the average fan to use their knowledge and have some fun. 
Sign up now at monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code JKR. That's promo code JKR. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Vernon Davis. Well, Vernon, it's really good to see you again. And I think we only talked like six or seven months ago, and it seems like you've advanced five or 10 years in your career since then with all that you have going on. So I want to get to that in a minute, but I am curious because Washington signed a Chilean tight end, Samus Reyes, who has never played football, grew up playing basketball. And, you know, I don't, you probably have never seen this guy, but I'm curious as a former tight end, what are some of the things that you would say this will be the transition that he'll have to endure? I mean, you would have known other guys who have gone through this transition. What would be the hardest thing you think for him to go through to, to be able to make that transition? Well, I think the hardest thing for a basketball player in general is just to, to go from playing this sport that's so passive and all of a sudden you're playing a sport that's really physical. I think in general it's going to be tough for him to make the transition from basketball to football because that basketball is something that's so passive and then all of a sudden you're playing this sport called football, which is really physical. So he's going to have to get get used to um, to being physical and um, uh, he's going to have to adjust to the, the play calling, uh, learning a, a different uh, system of, of, of play calling, which is football, because it's totally different than basketball. And um, that's the biggest thing, just to, just being physical, running routes, getting downfield, catching the ball. Um, it's it's going to definitely be a challenge for him. Jordan Reed was a basketball player. Now, but he also played football, though. There have been other guys, you know, obviously, you know, a number of guys who have, or a few guys who have made that transition can you tell when a tight end, like whether it's Gage or someone like that, Jimmy Graham has that background. Could you tell that they have that background when they're out there? Do they, is there something different about the way they move out there at that position? Yeah, we, um, yeah, you can definitely tell when a, when a ball football player has a basketball background because of the way, he, you know, his, his feet work is, his footwork is totally different from a football player. They're, they're so used to moving in tight space and, and dribbling the ball and, um, their quickness, their sudden quickness is there. Um, they're really good at, at reaching for the ball at its highest point. They have natural hands uh, and just their ability to, to create separation when running routes. Like okay. Jordan Reed. Yeah. Did you miss playing this year? I did. I, I miss playing this year. Sometimes I'm sitting home and I'm I'm looking at football and I just start thinking like maybe I should go back one year. <laughs> How long would that would that thought last? Uh, it lasts for throughout the day. You know, I'll think really? about it throughout the day, and then, uh, you know, I'll snap out of it. Like, ah, if I do this, I can't do this. And, you know, I just start thinking about so many different things. But I do – you know, I played the game for so long. You know, 14 years is, a, is quite some time. And to just walk away and now I'm doing something totally different, it's just – I mean, it hasn't – it's only been a year. So I think I'm going to continue to think about going back uh, as this year continues to progress. So you're not you're not down in your basement still catching a couple hundred tennis balls a day? No, 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 I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> okay. What was the hardest part about what, what did you miss the most? I missed the locker room, man. Um, it's nothing like getting up in the morning, going into that that locker room, and and cultivating relationships with with all the different guys because you sometimes a lot of people they they may think well the outside they think that everyone in the locker room gets along or they know each other really, really well. But it takes time because mm. you won't know everyone in that locker room until it'll take you to the end of the year to get to really know everybody. 
you know, because you're not hanging with you. Certain guys have their groups, right? They have this group that they hang with mostly. And then they have the guys that they talk to and the guys that they sit at the lunchroom table with. I mean, so many players, it, it just takes time. So that's what I love. Just going around the locker room, getting to know everyone. Were you, were you glad to see Jordan retire to, and not for the reasons, but like he's getting out and he, there had been a accumulation from, were you glad with that? Or what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good thing for Jordan because Jordan has really struggled with injuries. He struggled with, um, yeah, just, just the game and just staying healthy, you know, and, and to see him with uh retire after having so many concussions and that, that was, that's what I'm, I was afraid of him, just the concussions and, I didn't want to see him get another one. I also I wanted to, as I wanted to see him play, also wanted to see him hang it up. And just because I, yeah. I love the guy and I want to see him take care of himself long term. I mean, yeah, he's 30 something years old. So he had the next 60, 70 right. years to, to live his life. So um I want to see him do that prosperous. But I'm like you because I really enjoyed watching him when he was like that last year he had in Washington, like he's back. And then he got hurt again. And it was just like, as a fo- somebody who just loves football, it's fun. It was fun to watch him run routes and just put the little jukes on linebackers or whatever. So let's turn to your, your, I wouldn't say your passion. Now it's who, this is what you do with the movies. And I'm going to get to the, the NFT collection in a few, in a little bit, but let's start with the movies. Like you're taking off. You've got production. Co- How many production companies do you now have? I have two companies that I created on my own. And then I have, I have one that I partnered with TMG out of uh, Fitzgerald, Georgia. We we've done three Bruce Bruce Willis movies over there. We've uh, I mean we're we're just cranking them out. I mean Luke Wilson was there. He he's done a movie there. So we just do movies back to back over there, man. And we have a, a slate of films that we plan to produce between now and the middle of next year as well. Why did you want to get in with the production end? Um, well, I like production. I've always been in production. You know, behind the camera, in front of the camera is something that I picked up while I was playing ball, you know, I've always enjoyed it. Like the different skits that you do with, uh, with the different networks that come in and the things you do in, in house. I mean, I just, I just loved it. It grew on me. And my passion was to uh, pursue the arts of, um, of acting. But production also gives you a, a, a mm-hmm. more, a deeper sense of power, right? I mean, you can do, you can produce things that you want to do and it gives you a, does it give you a stronger voice to do things? I think it gives you a voice. It gives you a voice to create uh, when it comes to co- create content. And content is a solution for problems, right? Right. When, when people look at this, look at this, looking at when people are looking at my content, I want them to say, gosh, that really helped me out. This film helped me out. Oh, now I can see things from from a different perspective. That, that's that's all it is. So if we can create content like that and just create films. And, and if I can continue to work on my craft and get better at these at this stuff, it's uh I'm all about it. Now, for minorities, how important is it to get more involved and get more voices in production? Yeah, right now is a good time for minorities. I mean, because of everything that's that's happened, you get to tell a story and you get to express the way you feel. That's all it is from both sides, from production mm-hmm. as well as an actor. You you expressing how you feel. You you express. You're you're pretty much making a voice and telling a story the way you want to tell it. And it's, there's no right or wrong. You know what I mean? You you're you're basically opening up. So it's. I think it's imperative, especially as minorities, getting into the, the production spaces in general. It's just it's more perspectives. And I think more perspectives are always good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the movies was, as you brought up with the Bruce Willis movie, Gasoline Alley. Correct. 
that's with Bruce and Luke Wilson. When does that one come out? Uh, that movie will probably be out sometime this year. And you what know, did uh, what you were were you a bouncer in that one? Yeah, I played a bouncer. I was working with these guys and I was um, you know helping them out. So I was more. I wouldn't say I was the bad guy. I was more in the middle. I was a, a good character. The character was a good guy, but he was also working with someone he shouldn't have been working with. And how would you? What? Did, how much did you enjoy that role? What did you enjoy about it? Yeah, it was good. It, it wasn't one of my uh, favorite roles, but and I say that because it was. Um, you know, you didn't really, it wasn't different. It, it was something that's cliche, you know, to see a bouncer, but, but it's all what you give the character, you know, right. what you give him, what identity you give him. Um, but I, I, I thought it was cool. I, I think my, my favorite role will probably be the role that I played. I, I played this role, a uh, guy named David in a John Malkovich film called Chariot. Oh, the Chariot. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously Thomas Mann and I really worked closely together in that, in that film, but I played a guy, a character who takes care of zoo turtles, right? And my only job was to get them to recreate because they were the last of their species. And, and they just wouldn't do it. They just wouldn't become intimate. So um, I also had this thing about me where in my apartment building, everything's taped up, right? Because I was telekinetic and my powers come on whenever I feel pain. And I didn't want them to come on because I wanted to, I wanted to keep people safe. I didn't want to hurt anyone. So uh, I would take pain pills and tape everything up in my, in my room, my apartment building. So when people come in, well, so when I come in, I can't hurt myself or anything, right? Uh, so I thought that was a really unique character. That's very unique. Uh, yeah, it's dark comedy, sci-fi. And, you know, I had to really watch. I watched uh, Edward Scissorhands. I watched uh, A Green Mile. I was just watching all these different uh, films, especially the ones that the uh, director recommended to me uh, so that I can embody that spirit and, that, and kind of those, those habits of those characters so I can incorporate in, in this character. And I thought it worked really, really well. How, what's it like working with some of the, cause you're working John Malkovich, Bruce Willis, Luke Wilson. These are some big time actors. Mm -hmm. What's that like for you? You, your guys used to being around big time athletes. What's it like for you to be around actors like that? Uh, it's different. It, it, it's definitely different. It's, I feel, I feel like I'm a rookie coming in and I'm watching these guys, but I, you know, I'm honored to be able to work with these dudes because I get to see how they go on set and how they work. Right. And, and that's what you want to do. You want to learn through experience. It's, it's great to work with an acting coach and to get the information that they have. But when you actually right there and you're watching these dudes that you grew up watching, looking at when you were a kid, oh, I mean, it's it's, it's nothing better than that. And so I'm just grateful to be able to have the opportunity to be on set with these dudes and rub shoulders with them. What's like, what, I, again, like, do you get, I wouldn't say intimidated, but is there a bit of an awestruck when you're around a guy like Bruce Willis or any of these guys? I mean, do you get awestruck at all? Yeah, initially when I first met Bruce and I'm on, and I was on set and I was and I'm just watching him and I'm just meeting him. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I'm like, you know, you kind of feel intimidated a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you, after a while, you warm up. You like, okay. I was like, I'm here. I might as well. You know, I, I've been here before. You know, it's like it's like walking into the NFL. You know, you see all these guys that you watch on TV. So it's the same kind of thing. Um, but like I said, it's also an honor. Did you have scenes with Bruce and Luke in that in Gasoline Alley? Did you have direct scenes with them? Yeah, we have seen. I have scenes where in Gasoline and um in, in a Day to Die, I have another uh, Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, yeah. So we, we're, you know, we kind of, you know, we're all, we're all in the same place at the same time, um, kind of thing. But of course, with, with filming, you know, you guys, we're all together. Like, you know, right. when I'm on set, we're all all together. But then Bruce might get called on his scene um, an hour before me, and then I come and I do my scene. But 
we're all together. You know, you know what I mean? Right. We're just, so, we're it, just cutting them, just doing them at different times. But, but the great thing, like I said, it goes back to the, like the locker room. The best part about acting is being outside your trailer or in like the common area and everybody's just hanging out. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, if that's what you missed is you're getting it over there. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting it over here. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm hanging out with Bruce. I'm with them with Luke. I'm, you know, we, we like, we're talking and we just, we just, everybody's just hanging out, you know? Um, it's, it's just cool, man. It's just cool. It's awesome. How much do they have a sense of what you did as a football player? Yeah, they know. They, um, I guess, you know, playing 14 years, you know, they probably, they, they may not know me, but they probably heard of me or something like that. Um, and then when they're introduced to me, they're introduced, I'm introduced to them as Vernon Davis, the, the, you know, the football player. So <laughs> they all, they're all, they all start asking questions and they, you know, they're excited. Um, but it, it's cool. You know, you bring two different worlds together. Uh, my world, my background is, you know, I was a professional athlete and, you know, people enjoy that. They, they, they really enjoy uh, spending time with, with, um, with athletes, especially professionals. Do you, are you okay when they say Vernon Davis, a professional football player, or do you, are you hoping you get to the point where like that part isn't even needed to be said? Does that, does that matter to you at all? I mean, it's cool and it's a great opener, but do you want, you know, is that something that you would want to always have them introduce you or get to the point where you say, it's just Vernon Davis? Um, no, I think it's good. I think, I think over time though, I think what will probably happen is that I'll be sure I'll probably show up in so many different projects. And people will probably just get used to me, used right. to seeing me as an actor. They'll just forget about me as a football player. That's how, that's how it usually works. I mean, I I, I think about like watching um, watching uh, like Terry Crews, and Rock, and right. people of that nature, and you just you see them, and you don't even think about them as as, as athletes. You know, it's just all, yeah. all of a sudden it's just go away because you see them in so many different projects. So that that's what will probably happen for me. And with when again going back to like when you're doing some of the scenes with these guys. You're a very big guy in preparation. We talked about that before in previous stories and all that and how much prep you work you put into it. But if you're acting across from a Luke Wilson, across from a Bruce Willis, is it different? Like, what is that like? I think I, I, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, uh, it could be intimidating. It definitely could be intimidating because, t- intimidating because you know these guys have done a lot of work. You know, they're, they're well-respected. So the, the the thing that you want to do, you want you want to make sure that you are on top of your game and you you've done your your research and you you're well prepared because you know you don't have to go do do it over and over and over. If these guys right. if these guys have their lines and they're done, they're good, they're solid, you want to make sure you have yours too. So because you don't want to have to have them do it over and over just because you made a mistake. So you want to make sure that you're prepared. Was there a time where you had? Would do? Is there a time where you remember a scene more because of something that happened, or how that how it went for you with, with any of those guys? Is there anything that sticks out? No, I think I think I think it's just it just boils down to just being super prepared. Um, it's just yeah, just being prepared and just um, and just going in there and and just know that you're having the confidence to deliver and and do what you need to do. And as far as the film, walking away from the film, I think those. It's, it's always some scenes in the film that you remember most from every movie. You know, you, it might be one or two scenes out of that whole film that you that you've done, that you've done that you'll remember out of you know out of the entire movie for sure. How are you different as an actor now compared to when you stopped playing? Um, I think I'm different in a way when it comes to just being an actor. I think um, 
you know, I read a lot of scripts and, you know, I'm always breaking down scripts and, and working on, I'm working on my behavior and working on like, um, like my, uh, like thoughts and ideas, like, you know, being happy, being angry, uh, being sad, uh, uh, just all those different, like, curious, like you, you work on the look, those little details because those are the little details that, that keep you in it. Like you might see, like you might watch a film and you see an actor, they're not blinking, right? They got their eyes open the whole time. Right. Those are the little details that subtle details that you want when you're when you're an actor. You don't want to move your face as much. You want to keep your eyes, not your eyebrows, because those those things distract the camera. So I just I just try to learn all those little things because, you know, just like from playing football, I got that from football. Details. Like all little details that take you a long way. So for me, it's just been getting those details. You also were in, you also have a message from Brianna. What was that one about? That's pretty cool. I love that project because that project is something I did with a buddy of mine named Deshaun Hardy, who's also an ex-athlete. He uh, he wrote it, directed, and he and I produced it together. It's uh, it's about a couple who moves into a home and uh, this guy named Leonard, who used to live in this house, he lived with this girl. This girl came to visit, to live with them for the summer. All of a sudden she disappeared, found out that Later on, he finds out in the story that his his grandma, his mom, and his grandparents killed the girl. So now he moves he moves into this house. He buys the house, and he has a daughter now. So that once he gets in the house, this daughter is in his spirit. The spirit is in his daughter. So now he has to figure mm-hmm. out what's wrong with his daughter, and he has to keep his family safe. That's pretty cool. So when what's the which one comes out next? Uh you know what? It it, it all depends on the timing. Okay. Uh, depends on distribution. Which whichever ones get get uh, distributed the fastest and and uh, gets distributed first. What's next for you then? Uh, I got three more films that I'm gonna try to get done this year. Um, I got one called Drag- Dragon's Egg, which is uh, which will be a pretty cool film. I think Paula Patton's uh, attached to that, and a couple other big stars. Um, uh, I think Peter Fashionelli should be joining mm-hmm. on that. But that's gonna be a big one, big action packed. Um, it's going to be about um, uh, about these these soldiers who are in the military going uh, going going on a mission, and the sand gets into people and it causes them to become like possessed in a way. Not possessed, but it takes over their body. Pretty much, it kills them. It, it, it mutates them and they and they turn into like this red, like nasty stuff. But um, but yeah, it's pretty. That's going to be a pretty cool film. And then there's other ones that I have on the books that I'm going to do. So I'm going to try to get all at least three more done before the end of the year. And gosh, that'll put me at 11 to 12 movies for the year. Holy cow. That's, um, that's, that's unbelievable. I mean, seriously, that's, that's, that's a lot of work. That's nonstop. Yeah. It's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work, but, but you see, but when you're doing it, you have fun with it. It's just fun. Yeah. Like if I get a project that I like, Oh man, I'll just, um, I'll just, I'll read it and I'll read it and read it. And I, and I just, if I fall in love with it, I, you know, I definitely want to be a part of the project. You know, how did you connect with Bruce to get to, to, to do those movies? How did you guys end up getting connected with him? Through my through my part my partners, the partners that I'm uh, partnered with TMG, uh, the TMG group out of uh, Fitzgerald, Georgia. We um, we just it's like um, it's like when you have whenever you do anything, you always want to. It's like any business, any startup, right? You want to have all the pieces that you need together, right? You want to have this guy, the, the producer, the line producer, the the director of photography, everyone has to be able to bring something to the table. And my partners, they they bring a lot to the table. You know, they know how to r- raise the funds for the movie. They know how to distribute. They know how to get the uh, the attachments that we need, which is which are uh, the talent, 
um, we, yeah, I just have, we just all work together. We all work together. You know, I might know someone that they can get them to this person. They, you know, it's just all everybody working together um, and making the thing happen. And I hate to keep harping on the Bruce stuff, but I do, I'm fascinated by that because again, you guys, you know, you were a big person in this industry. He's a huge person in this industry. Like when you're just shooting the breeze with him on the set, like how did it come across to you? Do you remember any an encounter in particular? And maybe I'm oh, too yeah, obsessed yeah. with that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I got like, you know, there's all kinds of things that you, uh, I don't know, it's just like general conversation, like anything else. You just talk, you know, and, and the thing is, we never really talk about acting. You know, you don't talk, you know, you just don't talk about acting because, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to do our job. We don't, you know, you don't have to really talk about it. You just, you talk about the next project, right? That's mm-hmm. what I that's what people are talking about. What are you working on next, right? Okay. Because as an actor, it's just like, you know, you, you've done your work. You've done your research. You, you're prepared. You know you're going to, you know what you're going to go into this each scene and do. Like, because it's, it's, it should be effortless. It's, it's natural. It's in you. you it's going to, you're going to go perform. So we just talk about the, and we just joke around, you know, we just have fun and just eat, relax, and just wait for our time to be called to do the next scene. So when you see somebody like, because again, athlete to actor, do you, when you look at somebody like The Rock, do you say, hey, that's what I want to be in 10 years or whatever? Do you have that kind of mind? Or do you just, how, you know, how do you look at your future, where you want to be down the road? Yeah, I would love to be, uh, to do some of the same kind of things The Rock is doing, but I know everybody's, everyone's path is different. I, I like right. his work ethic. I think he's doing a lot of things, um, especially when it comes to content, creating content. But um, yeah, I just, for me, I'm just taking it, I'm just taking them, taking them as they come. You know, I, I really, I, I, I know what I'm doing and where I want to, where I want to be as far as uh, my career. I can see it, but it's one of those things that you don't really know how it's going to shape out. Shape, you know, it's going to shape out good, but you don't know how, right? You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going. I'm just going and just taking taking things as they come and just hoping for the best. And I know that I'm gonna put the work in, work in to be, you know, as good as I can possibly be. Then you also have your Vernon Davis, the NFT collection, and that's the what's the non fungible okay. tokens. So mm-hmm. what 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 do people need to know about that? Uh, non fungible. I, I think they can just follow me, keep them, keep both of me on Instagram. I'm always posting um, what they can, you know, how they can get the NFT and and, and be involved. I, I think the NFT is something that can could work. It's one of those things you try it. If it works, it works. I, you know, this whole Bitcoin, Bitcoin world is is something that's totally foreign to me. You know, I, I haven't really gotten into it like most people are probably in it. But it's you know, I want to take my time, be safe, and and just you know, just be a part. Of it. I wanted to try it. I want to see if I could you know auction off some items and and make people happy. Hey, I forgot to ask you about. You're also in Dear Best Friend. You're a villain in that. Yeah, I forgot about that film. You're right. Yeah. I did do that. Um, that's what happens, man. When you when you just going, man, you forget yeah. things. Um, but yeah, I'm a villain. Dear best friend was written by. I actually introduced my buddy Deshaun Hardy to this woman who does a lot of films with BET, and they loved him. He wrote the story. He actually wrote it around me. Um, he wrote this character for me, and he had me choose. But I, I didn't want to be the the character. I didn't want to take on the role as, of the character that he uh, that he wanted for me because it just after reading, I was like, ah, no, I'm feeling the other character better. So I basically played that that guy's alter ego, mm. right? Um, it's about a book, you know, one of those movies you open up and and then all of a sudden, you know, you go to the book and it's the same it's the same story but different people. You know what I mean? 
So, um, yeah, that was a cool project. Uh, I really enjoyed that. It was uh, it was very intense. But uh, I think it's going to be something when people watch it, they're going to be like, wow, that's uh, that's an amazing, amazing project. Cool. And are you based out in L.A. now? Are you out there full time? No, I'm here. I'm still in McLean. I'm in McLean, Virginia. OK, so. Yeah. Well, very good, Vernon. I'm glad to hear that everything's going well for you. Not surprised, but the, your schedule just makes me a little bit tired because that's a lot. That's a lot going on there for you, but it's good to see. So I'm glad to hear yeah. everything's going well for you. No, thank you so much. I'm actually. You said in L.A. I'm actually. I just thought about it. like I got to go down and move to L.A. for about uh, for a month and a half, two months, because I got picked up by Fox to to be a judge on a show for them. Which show? Um, it's a new show called uh, Domino Masters. What do you do for that? Um, I'll be a judge. What What's the concept of the show? Uh, the show is about it's about a um, it's about these group of guys. It's like it should be about sixteen teams if they didn't change anything. And um, the guys uh, is three people on each team, and they create this world based on the theme. They create this world using like like tons of space. I'd say the space is probably a thousand to two thousand square feet of space. And they built this world with dominoes. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. freaking phenomenal. Yeah, I, when I um, when I when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is this is crazy. I would love to be a part of this. You see all these dominoes, and they're building these worlds, and dominoes are falling, and sequences. It's, it's crazy, man. It's it's pretty amazing. That 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 sounds like a fun show to watch. So cool. Another thing you got going on. So yeah, <laughs> good for you. So Vernon, it was good catching up with you. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Vernon for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another episode after the next OTA session on Wednesday afternoon. Talk to you next time.